Hello, and welcome to Celebrate Like a CEO. I am your host, Stefan Whitwell, Austin-based CEO of Whitwell & Company, a nationwide wealth management firm. Every Monday, I bring on some of the brightest and best business owners and CEOs in the country to talk shop, get their insights on how to run a successful business, and importantly, how to succeed without burning out by taking the time to celebrate. Now, let's get to today's show. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome another Texan to celebrate like a CEO. Allie Danziger has been her own boss and CEO since she was 24 years old. Most recently, after mentoring and hiring over 150 employees and 75 interns at a marketing agency that she had founded over a decade ago, Allie created Ampersand in 2020 to eliminate the education to employment skills gap that has frustrated her and many other owners over the years. Just last month, she consummated the merger of her company into Ascent, a well-established, well-funded company that's nationally recognized as one of the best student loan providers. Beyond providing student loans, it's important to note that Ascent is mission-driven and dedicated to offering career coaching to all of its borrowers to enhance their success. Allie joins the Ascent team as SVP and General Manager of Ascent Success with the goal of helping Ascent achieve its publicly stated goal of increasing student wages by $10 billion in the next five years. In addition to building her business, Allie has also invested in building her family as a wife and mother to two children. Let's welcome Allie Danziger. Welcome, Allie, to Celebrate Like a CEO. It's so fun to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for including me. I'm thrilled to be with you. So I've got some really fun things that I want to ask you about on the business front, but um, if you will let me, let's go back just a few years. Um, If we had met, if I had met you when you were five years old and said, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would have been your top two or three answers you think back then? I wanted to be a broadcast journalist from as early as I can possibly remember. I wanted to be on the news. Um, it w- oscillated between Barbara Walters and Katie Couric. Um, and that was that was awesome. my dream. Like I even have video recordings of me very, very young, um, you know, that my parents had made where I set up my own little news desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And uh yeah, and, and I guess in today's world, you know, have you been tempted to to start like a any recording with your kiddos? You hear about these parents who like oh God. have like YouTube channels with their kids and everything. It's kind of crazy, but uh. I have not thought about being that stage mom. But my daughters definitely get my phone, and I have recordings where they've like set up the phone and they're playing with their American Girl dolls or Barbies, and they put on this really weird voice that is not their normal voice, and they're like imitating the things that they've seen on YouTube um, of these YouTube stars. But I will not. That's not for me. <laughs> no, not for me either. Although I do have a friend who's a um, a pretty well known artist, and he, you know, like all of our kids, he's got you know, kids are like, "Give me the phone, give me the phone." Yeah. And uh, his son is really into, um, you know, videography, and so just kind of on a lark, he decided, like, okay, 
show me what you got. Like here are three pieces, you know, create a little promo. And it like came out great. He was just wow. like, blown away. And uh, so he's now getting his son to do more of that recording for him, which is uh, pretty cool. That's awesome. That's great. So I broadcast. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, was that like the dominant one or were there any others that uh, would have been near the top of the list? That one absolutely <laughs> stands out as the only thing. And then I went to college to be a broadcast journalist. Like that's what I thought I wanted to be until I ex- first um, – first class freshman year, all the communications majors, you know, like all get in a room together and you learn about everything. And that's when I realized that that was not my path, but no, my, like my whole life, that's what I really thought I would, or my childhood. That's what I thought I was going to do. That's cool. And it's amazing how that space has changed, huh? Yeah. So today, um, you, well, you're still very much the CEO of your business, but there's been some fun changes, which uh, I'll ask you about, but you, You've gone the path of being an entrepreneur and have been your own boss, if I'm not mistaken, since you were 24, mid-20s. Is that right? Yep, that is true. And uh, your most recent business, which is still the one that you had and are growing, um, is my words, and I want you to kind of more formally describe it, but it's, as I understand, it's really designed to help today's youth be successful and get some skills that, that are uber practical as they graduate high school, graduate college and get into the workforce. Is that? It's great. You're hired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a scalable training platform that helps really bridge that gap from education to employment. So teaches all the unwritten rules of the workplace, all the things that no one is necessarily talking about or teaching individuals of how to make that humongous transition to being an adult. And boy, are there unwritten rules, huh? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if no one had walked me through that path or um, if I hadn't, like, there's so many people that I hired in my previous company that came in passionate and eager and wanting to be successful, but needed just a little bit of guidance of, like, how to do certain things and why you do certain things and what kind of impact you have the potential to make if you do certain things in the workplace. And so um, helping shepherd uh, young adults through that, I've always found is a huge gap. And uh, yeah, now we are working to solve in a multitude of different ways. So uh, what what inspired you to, to kind of, you know, help make a difference in this, that gap? Yeah. So, um, well, in my previous business, I just really always saw this as a gap and we can tell, talk that story another time, but, or later on in the conversation, but um, I hired over 250 entry-level employees in that company. Mm. And I was always frustrated that they would come in, again, eager, passionate. That was what I was hiring for. I never cared about major or experience because I was hiring them young. I just needed them to come in with this like interest in learning the space. Energy, yeah. And the energy, right. Um, and, but I was always frustrated. And like I'd go to cocktail parties and people would always say like, what's the latest crazy thing your interns did, did or didn't know? <laughs> and so it was like known that like I hire so many young people. Um, but it just always, yeah, again, it just was this frustration that was always eating in the back of my mind. Um, when COVID hit, I was spending a lot of time coaching and mentoring young professionals as they had lost their jobs or internships or deciding whether or not to go back to college. I just like had time. I'm known in my community that I hire a lot of young people. And so on Fridays, I would stack my uh, meetings back to back just for like efficiency of time and scheduling. Um, and so I would spend my whole Friday like saying the same thing over and over again to these young adults. 
you know, you've got to get internships. Here's how to get it. It's about building your social capital. Yes, you can do that on Zoom. Send someone a Starbucks gift card and ask to take them to a virtual coffee, all these different things. Um, and then I would sit down with my husband on Friday nights with a glass of wine and be like, how does this not exist? Like, how is there not a book I can send them or a podcast they can listen to or some course that they can go through, no matter what their socioeconomic background is, to learn these important skills? And so I thought about a podcast, but didn't want to do that. Thought about writing a book, didn't want to do that. And so I got on Zoom with 10 young professionals, uh, spent four hours a week with them and kind of built a curriculum in real time as a nights and weekends project to just mm. teach them everything that I thought they needed to know. I connected them with um, business owner friends for internships. And I asked the business owners if they would give me feedback on a weekly basis of what wow. those interns knew or didn't know and like what what they wish they knew, what frustrations they were mm. having in the workplace. And so it was just, it was this like, fact-finding mission, really, to see, you know, do I have the chops to teach these people the things they need to know? What's missing out there? What do other people need? And it um, just really, that was the basis. And that was the inspiration for building Ampersand and and what it then became. That's amazing. And are you targeting, uh, are, are your customers primarily businesses that are hiring your company to help them onboard new hires or also just really uh, self-aware uh, new graduates of high school or college who are saying, Hey, I want to give myself every bit of preparation to, to be successful. Yeah. So, um, throughout the three years of Ampersand's journey so far, we've tried to answer that question so many times, who is the stakeholder that like cares the most about the success at the end of the, at the end of the day? Oh, um, by the way, I just want to pause right there. It's a hard question to get, right? I mean, a lot of yeah. people kind of take that for granted, like, Oh yeah, I know, but it's, uh, I just, I, I wanted to draw attention to that for a lot of listeners here that if you're struggling with that, you're in good company. I mean, this yeah. is not an easy question. So yeah. go ahead. Sorry, so I didn't people, mean to interrupt, people, but it's just no, it's a big... great. It's a, it's a great call out. So people call it product market fit, right? But what right. I was always struggling with is like this product works. The training we have created, every single person who goes through it says, this has changed my life. Every wow. person who hears about what we do says, oh, that's amazing. I would love to use this for my kid, or I could have used that when I was in college, or you know, my entire university needs this training as a required course. So like everyone yeah. gives such positive reinforcement, yet at the end of the day, no one will pay for it, <laughs> or we could not figure <laughs> out who's going to pay for it. And so it's, so as a business leader, I we, we had a lot of pivots to try to figure out like, what is this? It works. We built a program and we built a platform that changes people's lives. And we believe that every single person on the entire planet could benefit from this knowledge. But what does that actually mean? And how is that actually a business? Right. And so um, we started going in the B2C space, going to students that wanted to change their trajectory, um, found that, that the people we, we wanted to serve the most can't afford this. Um, so, okay. That, in, that immediately like scratched that B2C side. Then we went to universities because felt that the universities have a gap and they're the ones that have the biggest audience of those mm -hmm. young professionals and are motivated for them to become a successful alumni to then come back and like, Hey, you know, fun, you'd fun hope, the school. You'd hope. <laughs> you would hope. Um, but really struggled in reaching the higher education space. As I've talked to many other 
founders mm-hmm. since, uh, we weren't alone. It's a really, really tough market to break into. Um, Bureaucratic and, so- and very, oh, it's tough bureaucratic and, and resistant to change. So not only do uh, is there lots of layers to go through, what, yeah. what the biggest frustration which, was- Which is ironic, right? Hey, you're coming into our university. <laughs> We're here to change your brain. Yeah. But, or you want us to change. Mm, that's, that's a different story. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the biggest challenge that we had is the president provost, the top of the, they would be so bought in. They would sign the contracts, pay the invoices even. But then at the end of the day, it like had to be kind of pushed down a level to be actually implemented. And it's like so it was so frustrating because they just wouldn't actually use the product, wouldn't actually use the service. Um, wow. And so, you know, then of course, they're not going to renew the contract. So really, really frustrating experience uh, that was mm. totally new for me. But so then we thought, okay, let's go to the businesses. The businesses, they have they have to hire. And, you know, even a year ago when people were hiring people with no experience, you know, just like, I don't care. I just need people. Um, no one will, no one will stay. And so they need, um, they need the talent. They have the resources, much, many more available dollar resources than the universities do and definitely more than the low income students. And so we went there and said, anyone that's coming into the organization should go through ampersand as part of the onboarding, part of the recruitment process, part of the like uh, assessment of talent, even before they're ever hired or Mm -hmm. as part of their promotion. And so that really has been a much better business model for us so far. Um, we also work with a lot of staffing agencies um, that will hmm. use the the tool as again like an assessment tool, and really it's like a business business development tool because then their clients, the businesses, see that the talent sure. is better, right? They're more prepared for the workforce, and so it Smart. helps them with with better retention of those clients. Yeah. So, so two questions. Um, you hear a lot of people today our age uh, talk about technology as being. Uh, making things worse in some ways. Um, obviously, there's a lot of benefits. I mean, it's just our whole lives have changed from it. But um, is the proliferation of cell phones and media and uh, distance working um, making these gaps bigger or is technology helping shrink it? Yes and no. I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? Um, the so all of our training is delivered through technology. It's a software platform. It's delivered asynchronously. You can listen to the videos, read the scripts or whatever um, at your own time, all, all delivered with, with technology. And without technology, there's no way we could ever scale this kind of training, right? right uh, it right. also helps universities and, and businesses scale what they're doing because you come into a conversation already having the background knowledge about imposter syndrome or about how to talk to a manager. And then you can show up in real life and be so much better in that conversation. So that's how that's um, my perspective in what we're delivering and the advancement of technology. Now, I, you know, why does this technology even need to exist? When I started my career and we were all in person, I leaned over to the person next to me and asked them a question before I went to my boss. And mm-hmm. through osmosis of sitting in a bullpen, I learned a lot about how to show up in the workplace because I saw other people get in trouble or I saw certain people get promoted and I could could witness their behavior in meetings or like the importance of when you leave the meeting and you walk them to the door and how actually like that is the most important moment in the entire meeting. Um, but all of that, 
is not possible to build those skills. And so because it when we're all remote. And so because of this hybrid work environment, it's just it's so important, I think, to lay out some of the things that you, you know, so many managers are so frustrated, like, oh, why didn't no Gen Zers understand this? They, how, do, right. how do they not get the way that the workplace works? Well, guess what? They've never been in the workplace. They've never witnessed that. And they just don't have the ability to learn like you and I did. Uh, mm-hmm. No one's going on Slack and saying, I just printed 500,000 copies instead of 500. I can't believe I did this. How do I handle this? But when that happened to the colleague sitting next to me and I saw how he or she handled that, good or bad, I learned from that. I either said, oh, that's how I'm going to do that next time. Or mm-hmm. oh, they totally messed that up. I'm never going to, if I ever make, you know, a hundred thousand times too many copies, I'm going to handle it differently. But instead, like since, since no one would psychologically ever share that information on Slack or Teams, right. every every young professional has to make every single mistake every mm. time. And so every manager is so, is just so burnt out of teaching some of these skills of just yeah. workplace norms and how to communicate and how to ask questions and how to clarify expectations and when to raise your hand in a meeting and when to not. Um, it, there's just no way to learn that now. And managers don't take the time to teach it. And school doesn't either. No, school doesn't do that. Um, and that's fascinating. So I, I think back on my first job, we had a very formal training process um, and it was pretty thorough. Yeah. Um, I mean, down to, we were required to watch a multi-hour video on table manners so that if we were eating with clients, I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe a lot of things that my mom tried teaching me over the years, but you know, <laughs> my paycheck depended on, it's like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I, and, and, Back then, I'm sure I took that for granted. But uh, <laughs> as a parent, what's really inspiring to me about what you're doing is there have been times as dad where um, I uh, thought maybe my kids would know something and something happened and I realized, man, you know, he didn't know that or she didn't know that. <laughs> and it's been very humbling to me and helped me, I think, be a better parent in those situations, realize you know, I, I shouldn't ever assume that. I need to make sure that I really try to explain certain things that that just may not that they wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I ran into that particularly around driving. You know, just different things as it relates to mm. parking in downtowns and logistics, or just different scenarios that are outside the kind of all the standardized stuff that's in the test books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it was like, okay, now you're driving in a chaotic downtown right. and these situations happen. Nobody's ever explained to them how to deal with that. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I was kind of an eye opening process for me, which made me realize, Hey, I need to double down as dad, make sure I'm really doing a good job at, at laying everything out and not assuming. Um, cause it's easy to do. It's easy yeah. to assume like, Oh, well, it's obvious, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And it may not be obvious, no matter how, right. you know, good or well-intentioned or educated the um, young adult is. So I- Well, and I, as I, you I, know, oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. As you know, sometimes um, as dad or mom, you can say it and it means so much more coming from someone else too, right? So even though your mom tried to teach you those table manners for so long, when you saw it in a video and it was related to work, 
then it clicked. And not here you can give your parents the, you know, the gratitude for that, but um, it just means more <laughs> when it have when you experience it in real life or outside of your your parents. That's so true. So uh, I hear that you've recently uh, undergone a uh, corporate transaction that now has has significantly uh, amplified your ability to really take that business to the next level. And excited to, if you wouldn't mind, share with us yeah. just a minute or two about you know what that path has looked like. Yeah, for sure. So we're very early in it. Um, but just a couple of weeks ago, we were acquired by Ascent, a student loan company. Um, and they have always been committed to student success and have always been providing every borrower access to training and coaching. And so just like I said, like we were having a hard time, like getting into the schools and the students and we were working with businesses. My mission has always been just I want to change the world. Everyone needs access to this information. Um, and we want as many people as possible on the platform. So this has given us the ability to scale much larger than we could on our own um, and given Ascent the ability to scale their coaching and training services, mechanisms, platform that much more as well. So um, when the CEO and I met at a happy hour at South by Southwest and realized that we had such similar um, mission and passion for this space and both similarly like frustrated that no one else is solving this <laughs> humongous gap, um, it was, you know, we were going through the process of fundraising and also um, considering a couple of different M&A opportunities, but it really was just a the right, the right fit, the right home for Ampersand to continue to scale and grow and help their company, our company, my company, um, grow its success platform um, to the hundreds of thousands of borrowers that they already serve. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. Thanks. I'm really excited. So you know, there's a cu couple of things about that transaction that jump out at me. So the, the first is from the acquirer standpoint, uh, I'm obviously in the financial services business and um, I think a lot of companies in our industry have not been very innovative. Uh, banks, for example. And yeah. so that's been creating this enormous opportunity for non-bank lenders to come in and try to, you know, meet market demand and market needs through different types of an innovation. Mm -hmm. And um, what really jumped out at me in, in listening to your update right now is the fact that they're out there. You know, the usual bank, you know, process, okay, fill out a bunch of forms. Yeah. If you're lucky, you get the loan. And and that's pretty much it. You know, they send you the bill. And, you know, the only time you really kind of hear from them a lot is if you're not paying on time. Right. And so ideally, you never hear from them because it means you're paying on time. Mm -hmm. um, and it just struck me in listening to you that... Um, banks really don't do much to help the success, not just student borrowers, but right. any kind of borrowers to help them be successful, which not only I think builds the relationship, but just selfishly would also help reduce your loan loss right. experience and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine that particularly with folks who are new in their credit career, students, um, that investment in them could pay huge dividends, uh, no pun intended. So um, I think that's really cool. And on your side, you know, what I, I wanted to share 
is so often we hear about the CEO entrepreneur owner's journey uh, in this um, kind of hero's journey where you're always solo and independent. Like there's some ideal to that. <laughs> but in the real world, when you're facing lots of different constraints and challenging markets um, and a desire to make impact and more impact sooner, um, you know, I think a lot of people don't necessarily spend the time exploring the value of significant partnerships, which often then, yeah. you know, from a corporate standpoint can turn into a merger or an acquisition or something. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a whole different path that I think a lot of people don't explore. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt some people miss out on. Now, maybe in some cases it makes sense to stay independent, but in other cases, and certainly based on what you shared with me uh, prior to the call, it sounds like a super compelling opportunity where you can leverage a lot of existing infrastructure, don't have to reinvent that wheel. And like you told me, hey, I get to do some of the fun stuff now in terms of growth and impact. I don't need to spend a whole year building this infrastructure that they already have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's something to that. And so if you're listening to this and you're, you know, whether it's today or a year from now in your journey, um, I would encourage you to have just kind of healthy, ongoing conversations with different types of partners because you never know. And, um, and I think that's something that, you know, sometimes people overlook and there's no downside to it, you know, mm-hmm. grab a drink, grab a lunch, just get to know them. I think at the very least you'll, you'll often meet people who will share insights, uh, about their market or your market that could be incredibly valuable for you. And then sometimes, uh, they can lead to even bigger, bigger types of relationships. So that's really exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to hear how this is going to accelerate the build out. Um, now, how does that work? So, you know, I'm sure that if, I mean, I'm one of those, I agree with you. Sometimes my kiddos hear it from somebody else. They hear it from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's just, there's a, you know, there's a resonance there that, you know, I think at some point just natural in all yeah. families or most families, kids just grow up and at some point go, eh, okay, I've heard enough, mom, I've heard enough, dad. And, um, and then and when it's they the re- same message they've heard from you from someone else, then it means more that they've always been saying it, right? Like, okay, right. it's not just my parents. Yeah. And I'm hoping 10 years from now they'll come back around and, and say, hey, dad, you know, uh, maybe some of your advice might have been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm still in that waiting phase, though. So uh, <laughs> in the interim where, you know, you have, uh, you know, so now you're part of this company. Are you st- mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to leverage all the – uh, students that you're currently lending to, is it also going to be available to outside firms or individuals who say, hey, I love yeah. that. I really want to make sure that I can tap into that. Will it still be available to individuals yeah. or and, and or companies? Uh, mm-hmm. So who, everything who, who that Ampersand help? was previously doing and everyone that we were previously serving from a staffing agency, B2B standpoint, mm-hmm. um, yes, that will all continue to exist and hopefully grow. Um, so for onboarding for anything like that. And then um, to any bar or, or anyone that applies actually even for a loan, they get access to a certain level of training and then any borrower gets access to extended training and uh, a one-on-one coaching session uh, with a career Awesome. Coach. Awesome. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, um, you know, you've had a, you've had 
a very successful run so far and are now entering kind of a new stage uh, of acceleration and growth. Um, but to get here, I mean, most CEOs' journeys are not just a straight line. You know, they, they uh, often will, will have some tremendous challenges and long hours. And, um, and on top of that, many of us are moms and dads and husbands and wives and trying to juggle all that. Yeah. Um, can be tiring, can be exhausting. So what, uh, what do you do to try to, you know, never in a single day, you know, there's no such thing as balance all day long, yeah. but you know, what do you do to, uh, promote balance? It's a recharge yeah. to make sure that you're, you've got the, the energy and the health and the vibrancy that you want to bring to your business, uh, your community going forward. Yeah. So um, I am crazy diligent about my routines so that I can um, show up in the way that I want and need to every day. Um, I wake up at 445 um, and have my cup of coffee in hand and laptop on by 505 every day. Um, that it, And the days that I don't do that because I think like, oh, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to sleep in for one reason or another. My whole day is just off kilter. I need that time before, uh, and you've probably gotten emails from me over the years, like at crazy hours, because like I need that time to clean out my inbox, to get my day organized. To and that also is when I do my best thinking, um, and pl like planning and strategizing. So if I know that I need to like think about something really deeply, I have to do it before my kids wake up. I have a five and six year old, two daughters. Um, and I was going to say, you, you can't do really great thinking when your kids are pulling on you and your husband's right, right. pulling on you and yeah. clients are calling all at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then once my daughters wake up, which is anywhere between six and seven fifteen, but more likely six, uh, so like that, <laughs> that, that morning time, like keeps getting earlier so I can have that full hour before they wake up. Um, more often than not, it is six. Uh, that's, you know, like then I'm on mom duty for, and my husband and I, we read a book when I was pregnant with my first kid, uh, about 50, 50 parenting. And so hmm. that is how we do it. It doesn't work for everyone, but we do not do mornings together. We split them up. And so on his mornings, I leave the house, I'll go work out, I'll go to my office early, like whatever I need to do, but I am out of it, out of the house. And same thing on his morning, on or my mornings, he's out the door. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm home, then like total mom until uh, I take them to school or now we're at summer, like until the nanny comes or they go to camp um, and then go to my office, you know, like have my day um, and then try. I mean, I do try to work out almost every day because even if it's just a 30 minute walk, because that time like gives me the space and time that I need to reflect, like not be working since I do wake up so early and start my day working right away. Like I just need that personal me time, um, where I am listening to podcasts or, you know, um, listening to audible books. Like I do, a, I read a lot on per personal and professional development. Um, and then usually by the time I get home at six, nanny, nanny's off at six. Um, and it's time to take over for the kids until they go to bed at eight full mom mode, like take my watch off, phones off. Like I, I need mm. that time with them. Um, and they need that time with me mm -hmm. and then really try to, um, not work in the evenings unless something is going on and I need to. Now I just 
closed on this transaction two weeks ago. So it's been, uh, I've been out of that routine a little bit because it was like total deal mode. And you have to be able to to go roll with the punches, right? I had someone years ago tell me that he felt like he had done all of this personal and professional growth and development for the challenging moments so that when those challenging moments came, he already had the good habits like structured um, to deal with them. And I really, going through this past, you know, three months that have been really high stress, meditating multiple times a day, sometimes like before stressful meetings would come up, just Mm. a five minute meditation on the Primed Mind app. But like having those already in my uh, like wheelhouse, I think really helped when it was stressful. so yeah, and then I try to go to bed by like nine o'clock. Don't I really don't watch TV. My husband doesn't either. We just don't prioritize that in our lives so that after the kids go to Love bed, that. we can connect. Like it leaves us out of many conversations when people are talking about shows or reality TV or whatever, but um, it's just not, not what we have time for in our lives right now. So I, so I got to ask, most CEOs are just terrible at self-care. Um, yeah. Have you, and you've been your own, you know, you've been... CEO and running your own business since, you know, mid twenties. Is this something that you kind of started doing really early on or did you come to it kind of mid path or how did, how did you get so good at doing that? Cause again, most CEOs are terrible at Mm self-care. Yeah. And I see it. Um, I'm in entrepreneurs organization, EO and I, and that group has taught me some of the really important skills and, and helped me to prioritize it. Cause I used to be like, Oh, I'm so busy. I can't read a book. I'm so busy. I could never take five minutes to meditate, which is not true. I mean, of course not, but I, I'd say the moment that my eyes opened to it so clearly after I sold my first company and I was like kind of in that onboarding phase with my new business partner, um, he asked me, he was like, when do you plan for meetings? And I go on the elevator on the way to the meeting, like, you know, and he was like, sat me down. He was like, you are vital to this company and your success is, you know, our, our success is your success. Like we can't have you getting burnt out. You know, this was the first time that I had ever had a business partner before that it was nine years on my own. He was like, we can't have you getting burned out. You need to take vacations where you don't check your phone, like, which did never happen. But, mm. um, you know, uh, he really kind of pushed me on it first. I already had my EO community and they also had are always been pushing me and I could hear from them things that they were doing in their lives that I wanted to emulate, but with kids and a business and a husband and personal, you know, friends and community, like I just never made the time for. And I'd say like, on honestly, now, and I had just recently been reflecting on this now that I've put those habits in place. And again, like have gone through the stressful moments of work. Um, I'm so grateful that I had that impetus to, to make that transition. Mm, what an inspiration. And uh, I, I have to s- celebrate your partner too for being the kind of partner that would care enough about you yeah uh to say hey um it's not just a want to have but it's your responsibility to invest in you and and uh that's awesome what a great partner to have had yeah yeah what what um so how do you like you've had obviously you've had little successes you've recently had a very big success how do you like to celebrate success on your team (laughs) I should slow down more to celebrate successes. Um, I do a lot of personality assessments as part of all of that personal and professional development and 
every single one always shows up that I'm terrible at celebrating myself or others. Um, I'm always just like, great, now let's get it done or let's move on to the thing. Um, <laughs> so um, I don't do a lot of celebrating, um, but I, you know, I guess with like with this deal, yes, it's like you close the deal and then it's immediately like, great, let's have strategy meetings. Let's sit down with the team. Let's do the rah-rah thing. Um, I did schedule a very quick small getaway with my family um, for that later this week before school starts, knowing that like my kids need me right now. Like, you know, one's about to go into kindergarten, one's about to go into first grade. It's about to be busy in their lives. It's been really busy in my life the past three months. And I maybe haven't been there for them in the be- as much as I would like to in terms of number of hours, not necessarily emotionally. Um, and so prioritize to just like take four days in Mexico um, with just my small nuclear family, um, which, you know, I, I said to the CEO of this acquiring company, like, I know this may be too soon, but it is really important um, that we take a, a minute here to, to do this. Yeah, I think it's more than important. I mean, it's, it's crucial. Um, and I, I think that especially with the bigger team, yeah. And now being part of a company where you're going to be influencing, you know, potentially hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Um, I think your role modeling that is really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember one of the first formative experiences I had with that. I was working on a deal team investment banking and our client um, was actually from Houston. Um, and uh, the, the partner that I was working with on the deal, classic New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to have a meeting at a certain day the following week. And uh, Mike, the client who's the CEO of that energy company, said, can't do it. And the banker said, why not? And Mike said, because that's my son's got a basketball game that night. And I told him I'd be there. And oh. Ain't nothing going to yeah. get in the way of my, you know, being there for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he kind of was just like tense stare off for two seconds. And finally the banker backed down and they picked a different day. Mm-hmm. But I was nearly moved to tears. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I had, at that point, mm-hmm. I had not seen anybody in Wall Street take a stand for their family in the face of a uh, powerful banker or powerful CEO. Um, and I that's just, great. to this day, I was just like, that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and you need to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think so uh, celebrating for me is really a big topic because in today's society, our culture uh, we seem to be doing something opposite of that right now, right? There's a lot of arguments and a lot of division. I mean, we don't yeah. seem to be able to agree on just about anything, as I can tell. Uh, yeah. Uh, and um, and so, you know, I think one of my uh, challenges to you. Um, so you, I think you lead the way on on that self-care and that's more important than I think you realize in terms of being able to live that role model for them because it gives permission. Yeah. They see you do it. It gives them permission to do that too. And it's just so healthy and needed, especially mm-hmm. in times where there's all that stress. You yeah. know, if, if, if it were living in unicorn, wonderful, everything's perfect times, it'd be different. But right. in today's age, that, that, um, that recharge, I think is even more important emotionally yeah. just to survive. And so, uh, you know, now that you've got an even bigger team, I'm mm-hmm. excited to find out how you choose to celebrate the little wins, which I think are 
often as important as the big wins and often what people don't celebrate enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I'm, I'm as guilty as that too. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm working on that. Uh, I'm like you, I'm <laughs> been way too many times. I've been on to the next. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, uh, it, I, I, it, it, it's profoundly impactful, um, mm-hmm. on, on, I think everybody around us and mm-hmm. whether it's family or employees or, you know, clients or whoever the, whoever the case may be. And, yeah. um, so one of the ways that we like to celebrate are gift giving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and clearly giving gifts is only just one of many ways to celebrate, but it's always fun to ask. Um, if you think about one of the more memorable gifts you've ever been given that to this day is just continues to resonate, what would be one of the best gifts you've ever, ever received? Yeah. So um, there is a book that changed my life at a pivotal <sighs> moment of my life and actually led mm. me to starting Ampersand. Um, it's called The Artist Way. Uh, I've it's never heard very, of it. I'm excited. The, yeah. So the, the Artist's Way. Correct. Yes. It's a little woo-woo, so it's not for everyone, but like you don't even need to read the book to follow the process of it. Um, and it is a book about journaling da- in, in the spirit of self-care, but it's about journaling daily and hmm. once a week doing, um, they call it an artist date, but basically it's doing something you've never done by yourself. Mm. 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. And it's a three-month process. Um, and any single person that I have ever heard of doing this book or have I've ever told and then they've done it has changed their life completely. And so I was in a moment um, in the early part of the pandemic where I was feeling lost and confused and you know frustrated and all, every emotion that's like, exists. Um, and, um, and someone really special to me gave me this book and said, Hmm. take three months, like just do it. Like, trust me, something special will come out of your experience in this process. And I came up with the entire idea for ampersand in the book. I love like going back to that journal and, and seeing the progress for it. Um, but it, it more than coming up with a business idea, because like anyone or not anyone can come up with a business idea, but there's lots of ways to come up with a business idea. It helped me understand who I am and what um, like what I like I told you I wanted to be a broadcast journalist since I was like five. And then I turned that into PR, which are kind of one and of the same, you know, like a lot about communicating and whatnot. Um, but yeah. then um, I was so wrapped up in the, that whole identity, I guess since I was five, that this book like broke down that, or the process of it. It's not the book. It's like the process of it broke that down for me. And you mentioned like gift is a great way to celebrate. Uh, So much of it is also like the person who recommended that book to me and gave me Mm. that book and like them recognizing it, seeing me like, hey, you need to think about like, you can do so much more in the world than than run a a marketing agency, which then I left the company that I had started and sold and then uh, went on to, to do this now. So Change my life. Wow. Exciting. So what would be like an example of something that uh, you did that, you know, in a 30 minute period that you've never done before? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, well, mine weren't only 30 minutes, but went like went to the movies by myself, went on a hike by myself, um, took a um, like pottery class. What else did I, I mean, like random and like went to the museum by myself, um, which I had never gone to like an art museum by myself. I did a bunch of that because I realized that like, I am very inspired by, by that. Um, (laughs) yeah, like 
um, I did a boxing class, you know, you know, just, it's all about, cause then you, we live in these bubbles so often, uh, and you're, you've probably heard the phrase, like you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But if you spend the same, if you spend that time with all the same people and you never expand your horizons, you never meet other people socially, professionally, just in your community, then, um, you ha- there's no way for you to grow. And so it was, they, a lot of them were just like very random. I took a calligraphy yeah. class, like random things, um, but it definitely added to just my like general uh, palette or like ex- life of experiences. I love that. I, uh, I'm going to have to look that up the artist's way. Yeah. It's and old not- and it's very woo woo. So like, take it for that. But um, yeah. <laughs> well, I am uh, all about it. So I'm excited. Great. Um, and not to put you on the hot seat, but tell us about a gift that might be one of the better gifts that you've ever given. That I've given? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. If only the answer was red Ferraris, right? And, and nothing against I them. Know. I think everybody needs to drive one for at least 15 minutes in their life. But uh <laughs> Well, I suspect that in your new role, um, you're going to have an opportunity to really raise the bar. And, um, you know, it's funny when you think about even gift giving. I, I lived in Japan for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And there, they, um, and I hadn't even thought of that and connected that until our conversation right now, but their gift giving is a, yeah. is a ritual. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there are so many aspects to, to, to that whole process. Um, it's almost like a different thing than it is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, so actually this kind of weird turn, but this conversation has inspired me to kind of go back and, and, and uh, think about yeah. uh, what some of those differences are between their culture of giving and how we give here. And um, I think I definitely need to follow that up with uh, inviting a few guests over who are from Japan as well. Maybe yeah. you never know. Probably have so, a good perspective. I think I'm a terrible gift giver. Why can't I think of anything? <laughs> I, uh, well, I mean, there's you know, some things that are also like personal that I just don't really want to no, like. No, say, no, no, no. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you there's one, uh, there's one that it, like I just don't want to. That is probably the best gift, but I think it would embarrass the person if they ever heard it. So I, I don't. Know <laughs> well, then don't do that. Don't embarrass them. But. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to catching up with you in a few months and finding out uh, how the new opportunity is unfolding. And I'm so excited for you and, and, and your family for getting some time off before you start. Thank you. It's been it's real, a uh, wild real ride. inspiration. I'm really excited. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today on Celebrate Like a CEO. And we are going to be celebrating your ongoing success and following your new chapter and uh, look forward to hearing updates along the way. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for listening to the Celebrate Like a CEO podcast. If you are a successful business owner or CEO and want to be a guest on our show, be sure and reach out by sending me an email to stefan at whitwell.net and put celebrate in the subject line. We'd love to hear your story. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Be sure to tune in every Monday morning for a new episode. And remember, celebration is the key to success without burnout.